Welcome to Two Guys Talking Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about youth ministry culture, leadership, and strategy, led by two local youth pastors, along with other youth leaders from around the country. Now here's your hosts, Matt Willingham and John Kilowatt. Hey, what's going on? It is Two Guys Talking Youth Ministry, episode three zero. We've officially turned 30. It's We're no crazy. longer a young lad in our 20s. We mm-hmm. are now 30. It's all downhill from here. No, it's not all downhill. And you know, I know, what's, I know what some, some people are like, thinking. If we was in the NBA, we'd be signing like uh, like our, our big contract right now. Yeah, but we'd be out of the league if we're in the NFL. Yeah, but we're not in the NFL. We're in the NBA, where careers <laughs> last longer. That's true. A lot <laughs> so, of people are thinking, you guys think it's all downhill now? It was five episodes ago. <laughs> that, that, that is true. <laughs> they might be thinking that for sure. Yo, what is going on, everyone? It is so good to be hanging out with you today. Two guys talking youth ministry. I am Matt. I'm here with my man, PJ. PJ, how you doing, man? You doing good I'm today? I'm doing pretty good. It's a, doing it's pretty a, good. It's a nice fall uh, day in northwest Indiana. It's beautiful. It's the most wonderful time of the year, just like the song says. Nah, I don't know about that's Well, technically, that's Christmas is what the song's talking about. No. So, I would venture to say the most wonderful time of the year is summertime, 95 degrees, hot, sweaty, just in the swimming pool relaxing. That's the best time of the year. All right. But the song's about Christmas, so you're incorrect. All right. You're not starting this podcast off very well today, showing your credibility of what See, you're talking about. See, the thing is, is, it's my truth. That song's <laughs> oh, about... Okay, gotcha. <laughs> that song is all about oh, the fall okay. season. <laughs> we don't even have time on the podcast today to talk about that. Hey, episode 30, we are here, and... um. Two guys talking youth ministry. Before we get going, I'm excited about today. PJ's going to run point. I'm going to let you run point on this one today, PJ. It's a scary thing. No, man. I'm, I'm excited about what you got today. And uh, But before we get going, hey, if you want to contact us, I want to appreciate. I just got to give a shout out to some of you who's been staying in contact with us through email. It is, give it to him, PJ. John at EssentialCoaching.us. Or Matt. At Essential Coaching. That's right. Dot US. And today's topic actually comes from a question that one of our listeners, uh, they submitted. I won't give their name because I guess this one is a little bit more personal, but they reached mm-hmm. out to us and they was just talking about a time in general, how over the past few months they just seemed discouraged. They've seemed down. They've seemed like, man, I don't know if I, if I can make it through this season of my life. And this is something that we started talking about, PJ, and he was like, yo, that's what we're podcasting about, because I think this is something um, that we anybody who's been in youth ministry longer than I don't a know minute, how long a minute like a minute a half hour <laughs> anybody who's been <laughs> in one week of ministry yeah maybe. anybody's been in ministry over a week will understand this and and that is how to defeat discouragement right. Because if you don't defeat discouragement, discouragement will defeat you. And that's our podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. John at EssentialCoaching.us. <laughs> so that's not. This is not. <laughs> Just don't not, let it win. Don't let it win. You have a good one. No, that is not our podcast, John. Mm-hmm. But but that's what we talk about a lot is, is how do you defeat discouragement? Because if not, it will defeat you. Because discouragement is real. So let's just yeah. let me kick it all like this, John. You've been in ministry now how long? It's thir- I think right around thirteen years, right? It, Does that sound right? I don't. I'm, I asked you the question. It might be fourteen years now. Yeah, all right. coming up on fourteen. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so right. right around there. All right. So and and on the real, how, how many? How many? Number one, do you ever face discouragement? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah. How how often do you think on the real? 
do you think you you face discouragement when it comes to ministry? When it comes to ministry, mm-hmm. it's phew. or just life in general. Well, I think that I think if you're not careful, and there's been seasons where I have not been careful, I might feel like. If I, I will let discouragement creep in a whole bunch of different areas in my life. I might be feeling good in ministry, but if I'm not careful, I'll be discouraged with uh, things going on in my family. And then if I'm not careful, I might things in ministry and family might be going good. I might be discouraged with my thought process. Okay. You know, I think uh-huh. that in general, um, if I could, I could pinpoint seasons in my life where I was discouraged almost daily about something. Um, and when it comes to ministry, if you want to zero on a, in on ministry— I can see, I can look back at times where maybe I felt discouragement at least once a week. Wow. And a lot of times yeah. that could potentially be right after I spoke uh-huh. or right after the crowd dissipated, maybe right. right when the countdown ended and worship started and I was counting heads and I was discouraged before I even got in and even before worship even started. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's levels, different levels of discouragement, but, um, and I think that that can be an easy thing. So that's what I've noticed is, and it's once one thing builds on another, that can turn into a pretty damaging thing is in ministry and in life. So you're saying, what you're saying is discouragement, for you, and you're being honest with it, and I would totally agree with you on that answer as well. Discouragement for you is not a, oh, once a month, once a year, this season of my life. Discouragement is, is kind of a weekly battle it, yeah, absolutely. in ministry. Yeah, and I, w- I would totally agree with that statement. You know, because the thing, the thing we often hear, you know how it is, John, and we're even guilty of this ourselves. Um, discouragement is kind of like the the elephant in a room you don't want to talk about. Right. Because we've all been to the conferences. We've all been to the gatherings. We've all been out to lunch with ministry friends. You know, yep. hey, man, how's everything going? And the easy answer to everybody, we've done it. Oh, man, things are things are going great, man. Things yeah. are going good. It's a little tough. But, yeah, man, I, I mean, ministry's doing good. Family's doing good. Right. We, yep. Nobody likes to talk about what we're talking no, about today. Absolutely not. And and so I'm going to kick it to you, John. When we talk about how to defeat discouragement and kind of let you kind of take the, the helm now and turn the reins over to you and and let you run with it. And I might chime in and, and ask some questions. But but when it comes to discouragement, what what what's some things maybe you want to share with us about that? Well, we're, I, I feel like it's it's worth let's tackle it from a ministry side as our as our baseline. But okay. then understand a lot of the stuff that a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about can be tools that we use in different areas of discouragement in our lives. All right. um, uh, being involved in ministry, I think the reason we will notice that we face discouragement a little bit more as maybe other areas of our lives is because we set high expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. We want we want badly to succeed. We obviously we want students, we want people, um, you know, you want kids, you want you want your you want your room filled, right? Like right. we'd be lying if if we said we didn't always we wanted to see growth, we want to see visitors, mm-hmm. we want to see people come back, we want to see people plug in, and when we don't see that happening at the level we want, we feel discouraged, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's got to be something that we can do that can navigate through those those discouragements. The first one that I think. We have to look at one thing I have to remind myself is that I am called into doing this. Like, I, I'm called into ministry. I didn't wake up one day and at the snap of a finger say, you know what, this is exactly why. I, I felt a tug that 
that I felt like I was called to be a youth pastor. Yeah. I was called for me specifically. I was called to be a junior high youth pastor. Mm-hmm. I was called into that. And so I've got to remember, it's not something that I, I feel like I'm just naturally gifted in because quite honestly, I am not naturally gifted at it, right. but it was something where God called me and he started equipping me. Um, and so with that, because it's been a stretch and because a lot of us can be, can be real, um, we're being stretched in a lot of areas in ministry because you have to be a graphic designer. Some of us, we have to learn how to, we have to learn stuff about music. We've got to learn how to be administrative. Uh-huh. You got to be a communicator. Right. You got to be a PR. You got to be good at PR and marketing. And then you've also got to you've got to learn how to be a manager. You got to be able to connect people and grow people and make people with different personalities love each other. And and quite honestly, we're stretched. Um, but we've got to remember that we're called. That's good. Uh, God calls us not because we're the best, but because, but because He knows that um, we're going to be that that we have an understanding that we're going to lean on Him when mm-hmm. we feel stretched. Do you? Let me ask you a follow up question. To that John, have you have you ever ha- or when when is it in the ministry context? Maybe and like you said, let's let that be the baseline. When is it in the ministry context that that you have you have either ever felt or you do feel? Like, man, am I called to this anymore? Because we all had those. Because some people think, like, just because you've been in it now going on 14 years. Yeah. They're like, well, man, surely you get to a point where you're like, no, I got this. I've been doing this yeah. for a while. It feels good. But do you still, like, have those moments or have you ever had those moments where you're like, dude, like, is this for me? Like, what? Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. For me, it would be, I have, just to be completely transparent, it would be with, um, let's say, Filling ministries with qualified and equipping volunteers is a big okay. one for me because yeah. for me, like I I will I will focus on one ministry. Right. Right. Let's just say junior high and I'll put all my I'll get solid volunteers and I've got that going. And then all of a sudden I turn my back and maybe my preschool ministry that I oversee is just yeah. like, man, we're to play. It's like for me, I'm like, man, it's like I get this one, this group of volunteers equipped or my small group leaders equipped. And now I've got this going. Sometimes I feel like. I can get very discouraged on my ability sometimes to train people as a whole. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, and sometimes uh-huh. if I let that, I can get discouraged that way. I got you. Training and equipping sometimes can be, yeah. a con- it, it's, it's supposed to be a continual thing. And, right. if, and if I pause and I let it slack, I can get very discouraged. Yeah. So no, that's good. How about you? Where, is there an area that you feel? Yeah, usually on um, every Monday after our every Sunday Monday. night youth <laughs> Yep. There you go. No, totally. You know what? I, my my biggest battle with discouragement, I think sometimes you alluded to it earlier, is the expectations we set on ourselves. You know, a, a recent example, you know, we just recently moved our, our youth service from Wednesday night to Sunday night, and our launch was, was what was it, three weeks ago? Yeah. So we just launched it three weeks ago, and I had these expectations of what I wanted to see, and it was still a killer night. And yeah. I even remember going home and even talking to you, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have saw this or this and this. Yeah. And, like, you and, you and my wife both kind of echoed the same thing. Like, dude, like, that was a home run tonight. Like, we had yeah. this many kids get saved. We had this many guests. We had this many in attendance. Like, just because your bar – I think sometimes my discouragement comes from – and I don't set a lot – I don't – I don't think I set lofty goals or like yeah. lofty expectations, but sometimes when I don't see those expectations fulfilled in the manner I guess that I did. Right. You know, for example, I didn't see the the number numerically and we had a great numeric launch, but I didn't see exactly where I wanted it to be. Yeah. That I lost sight on one of the most exciting things that happened that night was that we had twenty six kids get saved, you know? Yeah, right. And so like I remember you and my wife were like, dude, 
we had 26 kids to get saved. Why are you even remotely upset? Yeah, I might have you know, called you an idiot. I don't know. I think did you I? Did. I think you did out loud. It probably in your head and out loud. Yeah. You said I was an idiot. But if I didn't, I, I then now you're calling yeah. me an idiot. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So I would say for me though, yeah, discouragement for me comes more just on the expectations that I sometimes yeah. set, and I when I don't see them happen, I'm like, dude. That wasn't cool. Right. That wasn't good. And then, and I'll react all in actuality. It was Mm -hmm. like successful. It was a good night. So, right. And I think like when you look at both of those again, I think it can come down. um, You look at it, whether it comes to how you feel you're developing your leaders or, um, or the expectations that you set for, maybe it's an outreach night. Maybe it's your, your general service night. Maybe it's for teaching a musician. Maybe it's, uh, for a individual student that you've honestly just poured a hundred percent of yourself into, and yet they still you get a phone call on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. or a Monday morning about something silly, ridiculous right. they did, and and you feel that, and it's because I feel like we set these expectations up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's I feel like that kind of discouragement really is what can drive down a minister yeah. sometimes. That's good, you know, and so. That's what it comes down to is step one is I think it's we just got to remember we're called to this. Yeah, I like that. God, you know, and again, God saw something in us mm-hmm. to bring us where we're at mm-hmm. to the people that were, you know, to the students, to the to the people that we're ministering to right now. And, I, and I, I, I'm not saying God has low expectations for us, but I do think that God has more grace towards us than we have for ourselves sometimes. That's really good. That's really so good. So the second thing, though, if are you ready for the second give one? Give it to think? me, dog. All right. Just give it sometimes to I think what we got to do um, when when we're facing discouragement is I think we've got to shift the weight. we got to okay. shift. We, like when I say shift the weight, I, I want to come in it you from an like angle. You mean like from my right leg to my left leg? Yeah, it's, it's all about weight distribution in your lower half. <laughs> okay. You want to drive the ball. Okay, gotcha. Right? Oh. So, <laughs> I was talking about baseball. I thought you were talking about baseball. Now. Okay, yeah, so, no, I was talking about ministry. Sorry. No, but, but here's the deal. Sometimes, and, and I'm actually going to go a little bit different. Um, I honestly think that sometimes the reason we get discouraged is because we take on a lot on our own. Mm. Um sometimes we we bear the weight of our entire ministry we might bear the weight of our entire family if you think about times in your family yeah, yeah. that you've been super discouraged um whether it just be in your marriage or with your kids or with your parents your siblings i don't know who it is but when you bear the weight of discouragement sometimes it's because you're you're carrying too much on your own okay um, and sometimes I think we've got to shift the weight and you've got to understand, we've got to understand that there's other people around us that can carry some of the stuff that we're doing. There's some of the stuff that we carry that we sh- we really, quite honestly, maybe we're not skilled enough, we're not knowledgeable enough, and we're not, and we're not ready to carry what we're carrying. Yeah. And there's people in reach of us that are able to do that. Yeah. And so we've got to shift the weight over to some people, bring people alongside us that will help carry the burden a little mm-hmm. bit. I like that because you because you alluded something earlier in our in our other point. You know, you're talking about sometimes the roles that we have in ministry, whether it's full time or volunteer, you know, whether youth pastor or the worship leader or the graphic design. Yeah. You know, and and I learned a long time ago, too, John, and I know you did, too, that that sometimes it's it's even when I when I bear the weight of those things that number one I'm not even naturally good at that it even just adds to my discouragement right so now not only am I working hard yep not only am I putting more hours for example graphic design I don't do it no I'm I'm not good at it 
and I refuse to learn it to the right. point where you've even yelled at me like, Matt, you need to learn some of the basics. I'm like, I don't want to learn. You it. know, like typing a word on an image. Yeah, I don't want to. Like, I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to learn how to do that. Just in be Illustrator. nice if you could. No, I'm not going to because creatively, I know that I don't have an eye for it. Yeah. You know, and you hate when I ask you to do it, but your creative eye is amazing. But even what we've learned now, God's positioned people around us. We even have people out outside of our even it's outside of our youth ministry team. Right. It's just people that. We've developed relationships with inside of our church that they enjoy that stuff and yeah. they want to do that stuff. And yeah. what it what I've found in, in my own life is even sometimes when I try to bear the weight right. of like I've got to do it all and then a stuff that I'm not even good at, yeah, then I'm just even getting more discouraged yeah. because now I don't I don't know how to do what I need to do. Right. And it just adds kind of fuel to the fire in that yep. vein. Absolutely. And and what it comes down to, and I think you kind of you kind of hit it there is a lot of times, too, we get discouraged on how little time we have for things that are important. Mm -hmm. um, and when we spend a lot of time teaching ourselves how to do something we're not good at, it really makes us more discouraged because we we swing and miss at things that we know we should have hit a home run on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, Which I guess kind of leads me into the, the thought, like, when it comes to you know, shift the weight. We've also got to, we've also got to realize when we're facing discouragement because we're carrying too much, we've also got to understand that we need to amp up our prayer life and remember that God, that Christ doesn't expect us. Jesus doesn't expect us to bear all the burden of yeah. everything that we got going to. We've always got to understand yeah. that we've got to lean on him, especially when dealing with things like ministry, yeah. with people and in our families and our marriages. Listen. We've got to, we've got to remember that he's there to you know, to take the burden off of our shoulders. That's so. such a good point because now I have a junior higher. Yeah. Oh, Lord Jesus, Mason. I need all the help I can get I'm right a, now. Yeah, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't you. know if he's going to make it to 15 sometimes. I, my favorite thing about it is when I talk to Mason, it's like talking to you. <laughs> Come on. A more patient, level-headed <laughs> version of you. Come on, are you serious right now? <laughs> Just, he's a sixth grader. He can't be know. that much better. I don't know what to tell <laughs> you. All right, whatever. Man. All right, my next point. Just get back to your yeah. My get next back to your point. When when thinking about um the things and a lot of times sharing the burden. Here's here's one thing that I do to battle discouragement as I make sure like for instance every morning I put things on my to do list of stuff that I gotta get done. I make sure that I tackle the things. I tackle easy things first okay. sometimes All because right. um, I will get discouraged in, during the course of my day. If I start tackling something really hard uh -huh. um, at the very beginning, I might not finish that. And all of a sudden I've got 10 extra things at the bottom of my list. So sometimes like during the course of the day, I will make sure I just start I start checking off some things that I guess we, we would call easy wins or okay. easy accomplishments, stuff that needs to get done. And honestly, takes takes little effort sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. And and this can even translate. This can even translate home. I've noticed that if I'm feeling discouraged at home, mm -hmm. um, sometimes if I start doing things around the house that just pick it up or clean it, it sounds so weird. But if our room gets cluttered up, like for me, like if my room's a mess at home, then I for whatever reason, I I just I don't I'm not clear-headed like, yeah, i'm yeah. just always thinking no, about, i'm sense. living in a mess yeah so sometimes for us that's like legit let's just clean up our bedroom and right. make sure that i don't have a pile of clothes uh dirty clothes moderately dirty clothes and clothes that have got like three i i yeah. just clean up do uh -huh. laundry uh mow the yard something that like when it's done it's done and it's a win and you feel better because it's done wash your vehicle do something that not only 
is an accomplishment to you in your mind, but it's also something that's an accomplishment to other people in their eyes. I like that. So you just get some easy wins under your belt when you're feeling discouraged. And believe it or not, when you win at one or two small things, it could it could change your mindset on yeah. everything else. You know what? That's I, I like that you brought that up, John. There was a study done by, by some si- child psychologists, and they were talking about when it comes to raising your kids, the power. And I've done this. I've yeah. we, we now do this in my house. That even though your kids are young, four or five, you know, kindergarten, preschoolers, mm-hmm. you know, middle school, whatever it is, that the power of when they get up in the morning, you know, they they're brush their teeth, they're getting ready for school, but how much different it makes their attitude for the day if you have them make up their bed. Talking yeah. about setting up yourself for yeah. easy wins, yeah. because they've already accomplished something big right. in the morning. Like mom and dad didn't do it, but I went. Yep. I made it my bed, and on the real, I can attest on mornings. Our car ride to the school on mornings where my boys have made their bed. Yeah. It's totally different than mornings. For example, they did not make their bed this morning before they left. Yeah. Totally different. Their attitude and their mindset is totally switched. Yeah. And what they were saying is because you easily like quickly set yourself up for short wins. I even saw that this morning. I came in. I knew there was a lot that we had to get done today. I knew there was a lot going on. But there were several small things that I just busted out and yep. it just quickly rejuvenated me. Absolutely. Got me ready for like what was coming around the corner yep. today. So for instance, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're sitting at your desk and you're thinking you're like, man, look at how discouraged I am. Look at your desk and look at your office. Look at the room you're in. Uh-huh. If it's messy, I guess my challenge is clean it up. Yeah. When we get into crazy busy seasons here, we got our fall festival coming up. We've got our fall retreat coming up. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have time to clean my office, but I make it a point to come in 30 minutes early some days, and I make sure my office is clean because I work better in a clean office. So if my desk isn't full, everything's in order. So that's my challenge. Find some easy wins. I like that. And just start doing it, and then realize it reminds yourself, man, I can I can accomplish things. I yeah. can do things well. And so. sometimes those easy wins in the ministry context, John, you know, like I say, it might be sending out that email, right? Might be shooting a text message yep. to a student, writing, yep. you know, a thank you note to uh, one of your leaders that did yep. a killer job that yep. night. Because I think too, sometimes in ministry, like you said, you start looking at all the to do lists, and a lot of times those are a lot bigger things, and we think yep. like, oh well. When I look at my to-do list, there's nothing small that I got to get done today. Well, yep. create something small right. to do. Like, yep. shoot out that encouragement email. Make a, yep. you know, a text that you're going to send out to a student. Um, you know, write that thank you letter. Uh, like you said, organize your desk. Your desk. Maybe, you know, you're not, not a very organized person anyways, but learn how to, like, systematically get yourself some small wins. I love that, John. What else yep. you got for me? Um, the next one, I think, is, uh, I think this is an important one. I don't think a lot. I don't think Wait. Wait, your mic went out. Oh, what, what did you do? Are you breaking stuff? Oh, man. I'm so sorry. Right, did I fix get... it? No. Wait. Is it fixed? Yeah, you're fixed. All right. Man. I accomplished something. Sorry. You don't have on headphones. Sorry. People that listen, they don't understand. I put on headphones. It's basically to block you out, but I really hear yeah, your voice. But you actually more hear my voice. So. I got you. Now you're good. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the next one that I have, and I think this is a important one. I think this is something we don't. What are we on? We're on four now, we right? Yeah, we're on four. The fourth way to defeat discouragement. I think we need to get get sleep. We need to get Ooh, rest. I, I think a lot one. of us, we struggle with sleeping. I know I do because um, I'm, I, I am a morning person, not by, not by desire, but by obligation, I should say. If I could be, I would be a night person, but I'm not. I have to get up early. I get up at 4. Um, 
I I get up around anywhere from you get four. Up at four in the morning. Yeah, four and at the latest four thirty-five. Oh, if if Kelsey's not yelling at me to stop letting my alarm go off. I'll be so, honest. I think I just I think I just learned that about you. I didn't realize yeah. you got up there. Early. I get up at four o'clock in my the morning. Word. My desire would be to stay up late every single night. You dear saint. Yeah. Huh? You're a saint. I'm a saint. You get Dang. up at four in the morning. I do. I do, but that's because I need two hours. If I don't get up before my kids with an ample amount of time, then I'm not a very nice person. Okay, so I've got to build you. that in. But we got to get rest. Um, I would like to figure out who said this. I actually read this in um any one of Carrie Newhoff's articles. So probably, he's, a, he was probably quoting me, I bet. He probably was. He interviews me quite often. Someone observed. <laughs> he does? No. That's no. crazy. <laughs> Someone observed that 70% of discipleship is actually a good night's sleep. Wow. That was in his book. And 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 so listen and, and he put it he put it this way. Um he said that if you get a good night's sleep, you respond better to people, you can talk yourself through situations, you go into something with a clear mind, and when you're having an intense when you're having either an intense moment or an in-depth moment, you're actually able to process things a lot better. And if you're able to process a conversation or or a disagreement or an actual situation, that, that takes some complex thinking. When you have a good night's rest, you're able to do it with a clear mind and come out of it with better results. Man, I love seventy percent of yep. discipleship comes from a good night's sleep. That's right. That is so good. Um, he said this. He says that he's convinced that sleep is a secret weapon of the uh, a weapon the most effective leaders keep in their arsenal. Um, he he said this actually. It's in his book, Seven Powerful Con- uh, Conversations That Can Help Your Church Grow. He says since he burned since he experienced burnout 12 years ago staying on top of sleep has been one of the most important things that he does to stay fresh and effective in leadership he says you're at your most optimistic when you're actually your most rested and i and i i, I read that the other day that's so true and i'm gonna be honest with you when i sleep better i come into the office better i don't i don't need private like i don't need like an extra amount of music and worship time to get things going i i when when i'm rested i'm just ready to go yeah um and i think that that's an important thing that's so good you know because i can look at a lot of times that i'm facing discouragement like hands down i know i'm tired yeah a lot of times i've had you know intense conversations with my wife or yeah our intense conversations even the way i'm responding to my kids a lot of it, honestly, is just coming down to plain, flat out, like I'm crabby because I'm tired. That's it. You know, same way, like you said, I think that was a great example. Like my, a leader may say something to me and on a normal rested day, like no big deal or hey, let's work right. through it. But if I'm tired, if I'm crabby, I'm like, who the who the heck is this person? Why are they right. saying that? Like, what's up with them? They don't get me. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think that's so good, John. 70% of discipleship, I love that, comes from getting the proper sleep. Right. I'm not a morning person at all. You're so not, how go, much sleep do you get? Would you say honestly, on average? Like, so I go to bed at like, on average, I go to bed at 10.30, which means I fall asleep at about 11, and then I'm up at 6.30. Yeah. They I, say, I don't even know how many hours it is. But Believe it or not, eight hours is still the recommended amount of sleep that somebody should get, so you're right eight? up there. Is that enough time then? Yeah, you're I gotta, close. I got to move my fingers and like count. But I guess like when you think of like when I actually shut my mind off yeah. and then fall asleep is probably yeah. sometimes even later. Yeah. You ready for the next one? Dude, I'll, I'm throw just, it, I'm, I'm I'll throw so, it at you. I'm so You're processing the one. sleep. I wish that I'm we could take a nap like right home. now. Should we That's just shut this podcast off and go take a nap? If we hit pause right now, nobody would even know. <laughs> You're right. But, but let's get into the but next one. But we would one. know. So integrity says, give me yep. the next one. Here's something that I think that we all need. 
and um, I think that we struggle with. And I, I think um, I think that we struggle with it in ministry as a whole. What is this? Are we on number um, five now? We're on number five. Okay. Call somebody. When you're feeling discouraged, have somebody that you can call and just be honest with them. She's talking about, like, who you going to call, Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Absolutely. You call them. Or what about Jesus on the main line? I, see, that's good. Can you sing it for us real <laughs> no, quick? No, I'm not going to sing the song. But I, but we got we got to realize, can you imagine how lonely it would be if you if you were going through a massive discouragement right. or a season of discouragement and you had nobody to call and you just you just processed it all on your own? Oh, it'd probably a be lot detrimental. Of times, if, our, if our self-talk isn't where it should be, which we've done a whole podcast on self-talk, mm-hmm. if our self-talk isn't where it should be, sometimes the conversations we have with ourselves are not necessarily going to be the best ones to get us out of discouragement. Oh, and an honest truth is... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is most of the time our self talk is god awful. Yeah, studies show <laughs> absolutely. Studies show what is it seventy eighty percent of it is negative. Yep. So yeah, so like if we're just relying on what we're and I understand what the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And, yeah, and I understand the power of encouraging yourself. But sometimes if you're tired and if things aren't happening, that encouragement is not coming from yourself. So you're saying I better right. have somebody. I got a call. Yeah, and and the trick to this though, also Matt, is I think it's you've got to know who you can call. Right. Right. Um, I don't like, I don't like being always completely vulnerable with people that are on our student leadership team. Okay. If I'm discouraged about right. our student leadership team. So you're not going to get up on a Sunday night and preach to the teenagers of how discouraged you are. No, I'm probably okay. not going to do that. All right. Gotcha. If I, if I'm frustrated with our small group leaders, I'm not going to take, uh, I'm not going to take one of our small group leaders or something and, and, and vent to them about how discouraged I am with everybody right. that they're around all this. I, like, listen, we, we go through seasons of discouragement. If I'm discouraged um, with something going on in my marriage, I'm not going to go and vent to their, my wife's brother. Right. Or, you know, it's, we got to have wisdom. And a lot of times it's, it's important to understand you, we've got to call somebody that knows what we're going through mm-hmm. can relate to what we're going through, right. but they're not always in the same trench that we're in. That's good. Okay. So, and don't get me wrong. It's good to have people fighting battles with us. Right. And we're in the trenches together, but sometimes we need to know somebody that's been there and they've done it and they know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. So what you're saying is sometimes a, a dangerous chap could be calling the wrong person who's experiencing the same battle or the same discouragement. And instead of encouraging they can even it becomes basically almost like a pity party. Like, Absolutely. Oh, oh, your life is bad. Well, let me tell you how yep. my life is going on. I Absolutely. totally get you. Yep. And now all you do is you get off the phone yep. even more discouraged. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I can't believe you're going through this too. I'm going through this. Maybe there isn't any hope. Maybe maybe this is just the way that it is. Maybe this is just how culture is. Maybe there's no point in fighting this issue. Maybe Wait a we just gotta con- concede to it. Is that why you don't call me anymore? I well, I mean. <laughs> I call. You just usually don't answer. Is that why you oh, stopped man. answering my phone calls? <laughs> no, man, <laughs> so, not at all. Not so. at all. So, so, who, so who does that look like then? Okay, you said somebody who's maybe been there, been to the trenches, shows, shows their hope. Give me some applicable things. Who, who does that look like in your life then of people that you call? And you ain't got to necessarily give their name, but right. but but who's some people that you call when you're facing some discouragement? Just connections that I've made for me personally. uh being a part of things like Jeannie Mayo's cadre, you just we've got we've got people that we've connected with that have been maybe they were in youth ministry and now they've transitioned they're in a different form of ministry right. maybe there are different levels of ministry that I'm and I can call somebody that I know man I know that youth ministry is not much different here than it is in Atlanta or yeah. it is in North Carolina and I'll connect with them maybe it's other youth pastors here in the state of Indiana that we're at people that we meet 
um, at camp, you know, at conventions, um, in different leadership and different committees that we've been a part of. Maybe it's somebody across town that I trust. I don't know who it is, but it's somebody that honestly I feel I can can legitimately relate, but also they're not the type of person when I go somewhere, all they're doing is complaining. I want somebody that can stop my complaining. Yeah. I want somebody that's gonna be encouraging to me. Um that I, I this is something I've experienced. I don't know. I'm not a big talker on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like I text like and I, I got I try one thing I try to do, but I've noticed that just a a, conver- a fifteen minute conversation will completely change my entire perspective, yeah, especially if it's encouraging. That's good. I like so. that. And and I think what you're saying too, John, that's not even natural. You know, it's even, that's even something, because let's be honest, we all like being miserable. We all like, you know, having our pity parties. We all like, and, and again, if we want to live a life of discouragement, if we want to live a life of, of, of you know, um, complaining, then that's the kind of people you call. But what we're yeah. talking about is how how do you defeat discouragement before it defeats you? Like how do right. you get over those right. bumps? And I think that's good, John. Calling somebody who can yeah listen to you. Hey, I love you. Hey, I'm praying for you. But yeah. ultimately, sometimes maybe it's a kick in the seat yeah. of the pants. Maybe right. it is adjusting our perspective. Maybe it is reminding us of why right. we're called. Maybe it's telling us, hey, Joker, you need to go get some sleep. Like right. you're staying up too late. Like you just wore out. Right. I love that, man. Yeah. Having somebody who could be real with us. Tell us something. What else you got? Last one. Are All you right, ready? Let's hear it. And I and I think we we say it a lot. This ought to be good. It's last be one. Deep. It's the last one. Let me hear it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Listen, people make really dumb decisions mm-hmm. when they're discouraged. You're right. Don't be one of those people. Never make a long term decision when you're in the middle of a valley. When you're in a bad season in your life. Yeah. Make them when you're in a good season, and not and and if you're not in a good season, my my recommendation is just wait. Just like wait. That. Get out of your discouragement. Um, there's there's an uh, interesting phenomenon um, in leadership. And uh, I've noticed that when I'm the most tempted to quit and I can look back on it and uh-huh. I didn't and I followed through, yeah. it led right into one of the biggest breakthroughs in my life. That's good. If I was will, if I was wanting to throw in the towel on maybe a relationship, on a ministry, uh-huh. on something going on, it was when I when I knew it was something that God called me to do. It was something that God if, right when I wanted to quit, I just held on, and it's crazy to see the big things, the big things that were happening, and the big things that came from it. I like that. So, so what you're saying is sometimes as as you look back on your life, sometimes yep. your biggest moment of discouragement. Yep. was just the the precursor to what was about to be one of the biggest wins yep. of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. some of that is true, John, because some of that some of that does then tie into the hey man, listen, we're in ministry and yep. some of this stuff is it's a spiritual thing. That's right. Some of this stuff is not just hey you, you haven't got enough sleep and you hey you haven't um been positive enough, but right. hey, there's an enemy who's trying to destroy, right. you know, what you're doing, trying to stop you um in your tracks. And I think what you said, you alluded to it earlier on this don't quit is you know, reminds me of the verse where just be still and know that I'm yep. God. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just sitting down and saying, okay, hey, listen, I'm going through all of this. This stuff is going on. Yep. But before I do anything rash, mm-hmm. before I make, th- make any crazy decisions on my family or any crazy decisions on my marriage or any crazy decisions on my ministry, you know, what? I just need to stop. Yep. I just need to listen. I, I need to be still. I need to get some people in my life. I need to pray. I need to, I need to, you know, put the right voices in my life. What else yeah. would you would you say about that? Um, it's it's just the big the big thing that we got to understand is when we give up, we're not just quitting on ourselves, mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with ministry. We're quitting on everybody that's that's leaning on us, that's, that's looking good. up to us, and that yeah. we're pouring into, we're mentoring. Um, we just read it in um, 
It's called the book is called The Power of Positive Leadership. Right. Is that is that the yep. title of the yep. book? We just read it is um the fewest when when people get ready and they prepare and they're running a marathon, the fewest amount of people quit that marathon in the first mile. Uh-huh. The second fewest quit in that last mile. Do you okay. know which mile the most people quit? How long how long's a marathon? Twenty six miles, twenty six For me, it would be mile four. Mile four. <laughs> I, I'd be right or around actually, that three point five. Actually, how long's a marathon? I, it's right around twenty six. For me, I would quit right to right to be start because I probably yeah. wouldn't even run it. I you wouldn't just, even yeah. start it. But but when when do people quit the most in the marathon? Mile twenty. Wow. So close. Yeah. Twenty out of the twenty six miles have been ran and they give up. So just almost at the finish. Almost line. at the finish. Almost line. there. You just got to keep pushing through it. Yeah. And especially in ministry, you got to push through. In your marriage, you just got to get through it. You're battling discouraged, you just follow it. through because the biggest breakthrough is right around the corner i love it john i love it don't quit in mile 20 yeah i love it discouragement love it. how we got to defeat it defeating discouragement before dis- discouragement defeats you pj you said some good stuff today beautiful man. i like that that's that's some good stuff hey we want to thank you uh for listening today episode 30 defeating discouragement hey we want to invite you man to like it share it Tell somebody else about it. Post it on your social media page. And please connect with us if you have some questions, if there's some things we can talk about as well. How do they get in touch with us, PJ? Tell them one more time. John at EssentialCoaching.us and Matt at EssentialCoaching.us. That is it. That's how you get in touch with us. You can also connect with us on social media. We are there. Hey, thanks for listening. Episode 30 is in the books, and we'll be back soon.